What are your three biggest concerns when it comes to police using force? Uh, the first one would probably be police being able to kill people at their own discretion. It's a terrible way you have to keep together like this, but, you know, seeing everybody, I'm glad we're together like this right now. He would have loved this, and I just wish he was here with us. But as much as I'm going to wish and wish and wish all day, it's not going to happen. All I got to do for myself and my family, we just got to hold him down. Do what he would want us to do in life. I love you, Pops. You must leave the area immediately. If you refuse to leave the area, you will be arrested for North Carolina General Statute. Under North Carolina General Statute, standing good sheriff, however, they can stand in the gap. Because it takes someone who is going to be the boots and the billy club of the person who's giving the orders to make it happen. While the resistance might not be televised, we shall podcast Les Renaissance. This is the very first episode of our podcast, and today we'll be talking with police accountability expert Wesley Myers. He's also a writer and just all-around prolific studier of all things related to police and police using force and police accountability. I started off by asking him what his three biggest concerns around police use of force were, and this is what he had to say. Um, my three biggest concerns, probably, uh, the first one would probably be police being able to kill people at their own discretion. And this doesn't just mean, like, you know, if the cop sees a gun, they can shoot you. And this is anything from the cops come onto your property and you start to flee, they jump in front of your your vehicle, now at their discretion, they can shoot you. And it's not like this all happens with you knowing the cops are going to come arrest you. 
um, this could happen just from something like a wellness check. Here in Kansas mm-hmm. a few years ago, um, we had there was a teenager who was actually shot by the police in Oakland Park. There it is. Uh, the kid's name, I believe, it was John Albers. What happened is the police get called to his house for a wellness check, and he goes to leave, unaware the cops are there. And the, the officer fires 13 bullets at him. Never once did they announce themselves, and, you know, the family had no idea he, he was there. They were there yet. One of my other biggest concerns about police use of force would probably be um, chokeholds, and that, that's a very common one for people, but it's, these are more advanced martial arts moves. I'm not trying to say that to sound fancy or things like that, because everyone's done chokeholds on their buddies and shit in the backyard, just wrestling around. But, you know, that's not like people get injured in fights. And when you're looking at your buddies wrestling in the backyard versus a confrontation between a person resisting and a police officer, things can get frisky. And so you mm-hmm. have to make sure these guys aren't, aren't able to use any kind of chokehold they want. What's your third one? Oh, destruction of property while while they're searching. And this this may not seem like a big use of force, but, I mean, this can be anything from them taking your door down uh, to them actually tearing your car apart and saying tough shit that you want them to pay the bill. Right. I actually had the police search my car once because I asked them not to tow the vehicle. I had, like, a warrant out for something. The only time I ever had a warrant. And I asked him not to tow the vehicle because I literally didn't have any extra money. And he said, okay, well, I won't have it towed if you let me search it. So I let him search it, but he just, like, threw everything all over the place. And he actually ended up finding a a weed pipe, but it was in an area where he was like, like, all right, I'm taking this. Oh, man, a little weed pipe. Holy shit. Yeah, but he didn't write a ticket or anything, so whatever. But, you know, cops will go to any length, though, to find something like a little dime sack or a weed pipe. Oh, yeah. I mean, have you ever taken the door panel off your vehicle? Well, yes, actually, yes. Yeah, and um, I used to work at an auto body shop not too long ago. And, you know, some of them you pull, some of them you lift, some of them you have to pry mm-hmm. off and then tilt in certain directions. And one very common thing is hidden screws or you know, nuts, things like that. Right. And, you know, this guy can just walk up there, grab the handle, yank, just undid the bolt. Do the actual police often take those off if they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you, you got to think. No, vehicle manufacturers don't make everything the same, and I don't want to stress just on your car getting destroyed. But vehicle manufacturers, like Ford, doesn't make it the same as GM, and so this is going to, you know, this is going to cause differences that somebody who doesn't work in the auto industry to not be aware of. And so what they think, oh, you know, it's just one little screw that I tore out of place. To you, now every time you close your door, you hear it go flap, or it's caught on shit. And, I mean, I've, I've even heard stories of things worse where, you know, they're actually taking the seats apart and stuff like that because they call the dogs up. And, yes, pots of smoke in the car, but there was none in there. <laughs> so the dogs go mm-hmm. crazy. Pops pull everything up. Okay, they must have this, like, inside the seat cushions and the spare tires, just like that, you know? Like, that's when they start thinking smuggling, I guess, if I'm a mind reader. But, you know, that, that, just, that just shows the extent these guys will go without knowing actually what they're looking for. They just know they're looking for something. I don't know if you ever heard the um, the BLM thing. Well, I don't know if it's just necessarily BLM. It's the whole, it came out of the defund the police movement. The eight can't wait things that need to be done to improve policing. 
Oh, and they hit on some of those points. Have you heard of that? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, those are all good basic points. But the problem, you know, and this is the problem you see a lot when you look at people from the left and the right when they talk about police reform. And, I mean, they do want different things. But they'll say the same thing, same points like that, and then they'll make different, totally different cases about it. Like um, the Ferguson effect is actually what I thought you were going to bring up. Have you heard about that? No. Um, it, it's it's what they referred to when they did the uh, when they had the Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matters protest after what what, what happened in Ferguson. See, this is how much of these things happen. Uh, we start forgetting names. But um, yeah, somebody got shot by the police. I think. I think it might be Brown. Was that Michael Brown? Hands up, don't shoot. Uh. I don't know. Let me see. I'll look it up. Either way, it doesn't matter. But anyway, it was called the Ferguson effect because after the 2014 Black Lives Matter riots, you saw mm -hmm. you did see a decrease in police shootings because you saw movements to restrict the police and defund the police. Mm -hmm. And when and this is back to the point of Democrats and Republicans will say the same thing but mean totally two different things when it comes to the police. What the left sees out of this study is we had a 20% decrease, and I'm rounding numbers. We had a 20% decrease in police shootings in these um, 15 cities, 17 cities, I think, actually. And that, you know, that's proof that this stuff works. And what the right says is we had a 10% increase in homicide. And that's proof <laughs> that the cost helped. Well, but that 10%, now I do want to make a point about a 10% later. That 10% means 1,000 people. And this is over mm -hmm. five years. And that... 20% over five years is like three and a half hundred people, I believe. So for every three people the cops either save or deter from being killed, you do have one person killed by the police. And how many mm -hmm. of those people are killed in the process of stopping or deterring murders? Right. I, yeah, that's one thing that's greatly overlooked all the time. It's like, you know, some people are actively shooting when they die by the hands of police. I mean... Or stabbing someone or, you know, some people are, you know, people look at the the numbers as if everyone is unjustified when the vast majority of them probably are justified. But then you probably have like 10, 15 percent where you start to get a little questionable about the behaviors of the police. Could they have not been so aggressive and prevented having to shoot them or, you know, was it even justified at all to begin with? Well, yeah, exactly. Um from the right, you'll hear a statistic about how um, I think it's 30 percent of black people shot by the cops were armed or dangerous. But you never how much how many times did that happened on the person's property, or mm -hmm. how many times was dangerous them fleeing in their vehicle, things like that. I mean, you know, think about how powerful these police forces actually are, though. They're way too powerful, scary powerful. Because if someone was to go hide inside their house, they could seize your house. Just wait, you've got to come out eventually. You can't hold up in there forever. Otherwise, you'll start trying to shoot your way out. Yeah. You know, so this myth that you actually, you know, oh, we got to we got to catch him now. we got to catch him now. Like, I, I don't know why they would believe that. It's not like he's a goddamn Pokemon. Right. <laughs> get away. <laughs> it's, the, it's the shining Pikachu. I'll never get this again. Yeah, I think that they need to prioritize who they need to catch immediately and what kind of threats maybe, you know, you just let it go for the moment. You know, like somebody who stole a hundred dollars in groceries or something like versus, you know, somebody who's a murder suspect 
who just killed 10 people, you know. Oh, so you're advocating for targets to be looted by shopping carts, I hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really yeah. my underlying, that's my underlying, you know, that's my true I, intent right yeah. there. Where, where is that at, by the way? You heard about that, right? It's one of these well, things where they... Well, in California, they won't even press charges on people for under $900. So if you go... Oh, man, oh, that's yeah. They, they won't even press charges. So that's <laughs> like, you know, if you're a store owner, that's a lot of money. I mean, like, that, you might as well just, that's like the whole, that's over the cash register. That's several cash registers worth. And this wouldn't, you know, that in itself wouldn't be a problem if, if it wasn't for that. If this store owner defended their property, now the police would come and arrest the store owner. <laughs> because in a state like California, agency over your life is bad. Um, and, you know, think, if, I, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but it is actually a large amount of people who defend themselves on their property now have to face persecution or be arrested. Right. And, you know, you someone could say that brushes their teeth with food every morning, say, well, if they had called the cops and wait, it would have been fine. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely cases like that because I've, I've seen that ad a million times. I think it's UCCR or something, it's like uh, some concealed carry insurance. So for people who have concealed carry, so if they get in an altercation where they have to shoot someone, the insurance will cover their legal costs for having to, you know, fight off all that stuff. You know, all the investigations right. from police and all that. Isn't that just a, a crazy thing to begin with? Like, I understand yeah. you're investigating that, but the fact that, you know, now it's, it's almost as if you have to prove your innocence in certain cases. Well, certain states. I know states like Florida, it's like stand your ground. I mean, so they're pretty conservative as far as self-defense goes in Florida, I believe. You know, if you shoot someone, it's pretty much in your favor as long as it wasn't, like, blatant murder. Is the way they yeah. kind of see it there. Yeah, and there was a hugely controversial case on that danger ground not too long ago. And I believe it was just an argument over a fucking parking spot, and this dude ended up shooting somebody over it. Like, I believe I because, and I think it's because they were going to going to beat his ass, and he he was just kind of like, screw this. <laughs> hey, we're trying to like back to cops. We. Everybody here that hears that goes, ew, dude, that guy, wow, like, really? That's, that's your solution, not, not getting your shit pushed in is, is shooting them? Yeah. No, I would agree yeah. with that. Shoot, if somebody's about to fight me and, like, beat me up and I have a gun and they don't, I, I'm, I'll warn them, I'll say, hey, I'm going to shoot you. Like, well, stop. Yeah, but he pulled out the gun and shot. Like, wouldn't you just pull out the gun and then try to run away, you know? No, that why would you run? Why is it my duty to, it's not my duty to run if, if this person's violent enough to come at me, I mean, I'm, I would happily take them out. Because taking a human life isn't the first instinct to most people. Yeah, it w it's not my but first you know instinct, that. but I'm not going to run. I don't back down, you know? <laughs> I'm not backing down from someone coming Well, if you're at the point of about to be killing somebody and you have the option to walk away, why not walk away? Unless they start chasing you, then that is different. That's not my problem. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> That you wouldn't be putting yourself in that situation anyways. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be in that situation to begin with. I mean, these are, this, this is what happens when aggressive people meet each other and aggressive and terrible Yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is I just wouldn't be in that situation to begin with. I do agree with that. So you're saying, so should police be able to use chokeholds at all? 
If they're trained properly? Because isn't the real issue that they just don't know how to use them properly? Well, one thing is, because I haven't actually put a lot of thought about into if they should be able to use chokeholds at all. I'm not not going to lie there. That's actually a mm-hmm. good question. Because mainly what I've been looking, what I've looked at in the past is what kind of chokeholds they use and, you know, how they're used, when they're used. And you'll see sometimes, you know, like where they're misused, where um, the officer will, like, throw someone on the ground, get on, put their knee on their back, and then put, the, put them in the chokehold. Mm-hmm. So what is the intention of this chokehold? Right. Because what the intention should be is to get them as quickly handcuffed as possible so you don't have to chokehold them. And you like can't, the whole thing with, you can't uh, handcuff someone while they're in a chokehold. Yeah. Um, the officer, Derek Chauvin, that killed the guy who was tripping balls, he, he, he had, he was, he patted the guy in the restraint with his knee on the neck for, what was it, like, eight minutes or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. why? And wasn't he already cuffed by that point? And, you know, just, just to further reiterate, though, that his intention there wasn't just waiting until it was safe. There were paramedics there. If you want yeah. someone qualified to deal with someone tripping balls, paramedics have plenty of experience. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the whole thing, too, is it's like, if somebody's not, I don't know, police get it in their head that when some like, just because there's some kind of a crime that they have to put someone in cuffs and arrest them. It's like, I don't, they, they're too focused on that. You know, why, in some circumstances, and most probably, it's best just to be patient. They're always in such a rush to get someone in cuffs, like you're saying, and like, it leads to escalation. You already have somebody who's freaking out about something, and then the cop is freaking out about putting him in cuffs. It's like when really he could just take a step back, especially if he's not trying to run away. Because some people are just venting, and they need to just vent for a minute. And the officer needs to wait for reinforcement to arrive before trying to do something on his own and putting himself in danger. So sometimes it's just best to be more patient, I think. Yeah, but um, when you're trying to assert yourself as a person with a position of authority, how would you go into a situation and be humble from the beginning? That right. doesn't work out there. So they're, they're not really trained to be like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of productive to what the, you know, wearing the badge, wearing the uniform, what that signifies. It doesn't signify I'm your friend. It signifies I'm your superior. Because right. at one point early on, when you know, when police departments were established, they wanted to make uniforms so people knew who they were, but they still wanted them to look civilian-like. And that was very early on. And then um, I can't remember the exact date. They were just kind of like, you know, no, we we want this to look more. I think it was when we started getting heavy immigration. That's when they wanted to separate them. Have you ever heard of, um, well, there's, there's this, there was this, um, it probably still exists. It's called Operation Camp, Campaign Against Marijuana Planting. Uh-huh. It, it was this huge thing with the war on drugs. And uh pretty sure it's just focused in California like an emerald triangle. And this right here is a huge thing about one of my main points of police use of, use of force is the destruction of property, was what they did mm-hmm. to the farmers. Because we've all seen the videos up from the 70s of them burning the huge, burning pot plants. I mean, huge bonfires of pot plants. Pulling this stuff by helicopter out of woods. At the point when they were doing that, it, and it, it looks like there's Boy Scouts running through the woods helping out the military. It's kind of hilarious because <laughs> that's how they're dressed. <laughs> But what they're doing there is they're actually taking away people's livelihood. They're not going up to a bunch of 
cartel drug dealers back in the 70s. You're not going to do a bunch of cartel drug dealers and taking the fields and fields of hydroponic pot plants with child laborers working on them. They're going and taking, tearing apart the, the small family farms from people who are growing mm-hmm. that shit before this, you know, war on drugs started. I just want to know why shouldn't police just be able to, you know, do whatever they want in the course of their duties, man? If if they gotta like beat someone up to make them listen, why not? Why should they uh, not be able to do that? You know? Have you ever watched the movie Dirty Harry? No. Really? No, I don't think so. God, I'm gonna talk about it in my book, and probably nobody's gonna. But what the fuck, Dirty Harry with Clint Eastwood? That old guy? Well, let's no, just no, say, in Dirty Harry, like, Clint Eastwood plays the badass, magnum-wielding, take-no-shit, dirty cop, hence Dirty uh-huh. Harry. But, you know, he's dirty for all the right reasons. He is the anti-hero. And, hmm. you know, he, we follow the story of him investigating this. I believe he's a, he kidnaps and rapes kids, I believe. So, just someone you want to hate altogether. And people see hmm. Harry... People see him break the law time and time again to catch this guy. And even at one yeah. point starts basically torturing him, which is in an amazing scene, right? He shoots the dude and lets him crawl across a, uh, a football field. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, nobody's rooting for him because we like the bad cop. We're rooting for him because we know what that bad guy did. Yeah. But also, you know, that's not real. Like, if somebody wants to see that in real life, and it's like, dude, what did that guy do? Oh, you know, they say he raped kids. Wait, mm-hmm. do we have proof? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you see how how crazy that is, though. But in my opinion, that's the kind of world we live in. Wait, see, now now you're, you made me remember something. You're talking about like how people are conditioned and programmed to accept certain things by TV and media, and we see all these movies, and the police see the movies, we see the movies as the public. And we see the, you know, cops and live PD and police are acting in a certain way on TV. But really, they're, that's not how they were acting prior to these shows and movies. And then they start to want to live up to this idea. And we as the public start to expect them to do that. So it's like a programming from the media in a way. It, I think that is a huge problem with policing. Well, yeah. What happened to the Andy Griffin cop? It, Andy Griffin cop. You know, uh, if you watch, I can't remember the name of this terrible show with uh, the burger dude. Um, Blue Line? Blue, it's one of those stupid cave with Mark Wahlberg. Even those guys tried, you know, those guys in Law and Order, even that's not, like, really how cops work. And that still glorifies the still, like, um, aggressive nature of cops to some extent. Right. And so and, people, yeah, like, the police begin to think that they should act that way, and they can act that way, and the public is like, oh, yeah, that's how they, they act. Because they've only seen it, they've seen it on TV so many times. It's like, yeah, that's normal. Well, what we see on TV, though, on the news, though, is, told, is we, and this isn't the police, the, the, the fault of the police as a whole, but what we see on the news all the time when it comes to police is, is, is police kill this person, police kill that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Police officer drives pregnant woman off the road. I don't think you thought about that one. Flip your um, car, yeah. Yeah, and if anybody hasn't heard about this, I believe it was 2019. I may have the date wrong, but this Arkansas Highway Patrol officer 
turns on his siren, lady doesn't pull over. And you can see there's the huge concrete slab barriers to the side. So anybody with half a brain sees, yes, she's waiting until it's safe. She mm -hmm. does a, a pit maneuver, bumps her rear end, and her vehicle flips. And, I mean, you can hear her yell in the most terrified tone of voice, I'm pregnant, you asshole. What the fuck is wrong with you? And, or something like that, you know? And he was like, just calm, nonchalantly. I, let, let me try to remember his exact words. Oh, yeah, I, you should have pulled over. So I, he was just kind of like, this is what you get for not pulling over. All casual, you know? Like, eh, I'm doing my job. And that's obviously absurd because it's a regular traffic stop. She's not a murder suspect. It's like, the, it's just a, it's yeah. an absurd escalation. And that was just last month. No, that was not last month, was it? June 12, 2021. Oh, that was. Yeah. Or not, okay. Not that was, was, was June something. Yeah. Yeah, woman okay. sued Arkansas State Police after pursuit led to. Oh, well, Cliff 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 Cliff. these things always take years. Like, I mean. No. Oh, no, no, no. Um, oh, you're right. Okay, let me see. It so just recently. Oh, July of 2020. Um, July of 2020. Okay, so 2020, see? But, yeah, just recently, like, the Alberts, uh, the, the kid that was shot in Oakland, Port Kansas, their parents, their parents have been, I believe it was 2018, they filed suit. And that shit's still going on. Yeah, it can take years. I'll have to fact check some of that, though. But, yeah, I mean, and, and one of the problems with researching this stuff is if you care about more than just the numbers and you start looking into these stories, you, you get so much stuff that just starts overlapping. Totally different situations, but they both ended with someone getting shot in the driveway. Um, you know, you see things about shit like this where it's just somebody didn't pull over soon enough and the officer going to their own hands to pull them over. They're just, this, and this is all at their own discretion. These are things yeah. they're allowed to do at their discretion. Like when people talk about the police bill of rights, this is what that police bill of rights protects. Like some of the most heinous laws against the American people allow officers to do things at their own discretion. Yeah, and obviously it's a difficult subject because, you know, obviously they're facing tremendous amounts of stress and they they do save people's lives but then you have the people i don't know what the percentages are that clearly abuse their power because crime doesn't just simply exist outside of police departments it also criminals can also be police officers exactly and you know that's a very good point you brought up because um one thing i was talking about to my girlfriend the other day was You'll, you'll hear, especially officers say this phrase, if you don't want to be on the wrong side of the law, just don't break the law, as if it's actually mm -hmm. that simple. And, you know, you have to give people two benefits of the doubt. First of them, you just talked, you just hit the hit, was that there are criminal officers. We can't assume you guys are all law-abiding citizens. And then the other one is to honestly assume these people do not make mistakes in their jobs. Right. And, you know, just because somebody made a mistake doesn't mean, like, they need to be punished, per se. But it definitely means they don't need to be the one carrying that gun with the license to kill. And that license mm -hmm. shouldn't exist. It definitely shouldn't be the ones running around in people's yards telling them, hands up or I'll shoot. 
I was going to say, um, easy examples about this. There was a guy whose name I will never be able to pronounce. Um, she was, it's, I find it funny because she was a, a black NRA member, so nobody in the media talked about this dude who got shot by the police in his car. He told them, I have a gun, and I'm going to move my gun to get to my license and registration. Oh, my gosh. The officer told him to. Then the officer, officer started mixing orders up and getting the person confused and then shot him. Right. If you watch the video, by the time he's shot, you don't actually know what the dude was supposed to be doing. Yeah. No, that's definitely a thing. You know. Yeah. And um, most recently, we had one taser, taser. One, and yeah. if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, this lady, and she's been a police officer for a while, yells out taser multiple times and shoots the dude. And if you've never had a, held a gun before, it's a lot heavier than taser. I mean, if they're tasers are heavy enough to get mixed up with a gun, you can pistol whip someone and give them a concussion with that taser. Because <laughs> uh, I can't remember what, what he said his weight was. One of the cops here in our town, in a small town, their tasers are pretty light. And, you know, they're also yellow. Very, yeah. very yellow. So, you know, like, somebody making that kind of mistake, I'm not saying, like, this lady needs to be Baker acted, this lady needs to be thrown in prison and we need to make sure her brain still works right. But, like, you know, let's assume she was a good cop. Well, maybe now it's time she, she retires or some shit like that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that either comes down to lack of training or just because she probably got scared in the moment and just made an honest mistake, but it's a... Well, that would not... be lack of training. She's an yeah. experienced veteran, and I'm sorry, I do have to wrap up soon, but, you know, she's a very experienced veteran in the force of our memory correctly, and mm-hmm. she had a moment where she didn't realize she was holding a lethal weapon. Hey, you know, that's a small thing for your brain, but that's a huge thing that the impact that comes back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So before we wrap up, um, is there anything else you want to you want to make a closing statement? I did not really prepare a closing statement. I really didn't prepare so, much. This is a professional <laughs> podcast, and the, I, I just can't have this. Kind of bullarchy. <laughs> What was he saying? Malarkey. Malarkey. Well, that wraps up the first episode of Podcast Le Renaissance with our guest, Wesley Myers. He can be found at HealingLaw.com as one of our writers. And he has some good pieces up there about police uh, use of force methods, how they suspend suspects with chokeholds, and whether chokeholds should be used or not. And more than likely, he will be back on as a guest at some point in the near future. Until next time, you know where to find us at Podcast Les Renaissance. Sans, 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 sans.